The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up, Huddle Up. with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shatter, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome to the new era. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. Welcome in. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on a Wednesday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, and NFL Network analyst, Jaguars TV analyst Bucky Brooks joining us from Los Angeles. Good afternoon, Bucky. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Oh, great. Uh, Getting ready for uh, another week of preseason, the last one. The Dallas Cowboys coming up this Sunday at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, John. Oh, you're fired up, it looks like. Am I? Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm fired up for preseason. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready and able. We've got plenty to get to on the show today. Trevor Lawrence named the starting quarterback for the Jaguars. Urban Meyer got that done today. Travis Etienne Jr. is done for the season. Getting players game ready. It's something Urban talked about today. We'll try to figure out what that exactly means the football performance center approved by the jacksonville city council last night and we'll get to a social media question or so a little bit later let's start off with trevor lawrence named the starting quarterback week one against the houston texans and beyond urban meyer explaining the timing of that decision today i did but uh, you know it's uh it's a three-week preseason as opposed to a four we do have the bye week afterwards but I think uh, as we continue, it's uh, a matter of a little bit of repetition now. So we wanted him to earn it, as we do with every position. We felt he has after the last uh, nice performance was uh, it was good. Obviously, not great. But we you know we didn't run the ball very well. But uh, but I kind of in my mind had that as a, after the second preseason that we kind of have to to get someone ready to play in three weeks. How do you go about filling Travis's role now that he's out for a year? Yeah, that was a shot in the jaw, that one. Um, it was really coming on in practice, and we, you know, he uh, saw his big playability in practice, not in the game yet. Um, tough injury. Uh, how do we fill that? You know, that's, we're still in that conversation right now. So that's Coach Urban Meyer today, and, of course, discussing Trevor Lawrence and got a little uh, – the discussion there of Travis Etienne. We'll get to that coming up in just a little bit. Trevor Lawrence in Monday night's game played a little bit longer than he did in week number one. And there you see the numbers, 113 yards. Uh, this was about time, Bucky. It made sense. The tone changed for Urban postgame at Monday night on this when we were asking about it in the postgame show. And then when he spoke with the media, you could tell that it, it just felt like a decision, an announcement was imminent. Yeah, I mean, at some point you had to make a decision who's going to be the starting quarterback. I thought the decision was made when he was drafted number one overall. But we had a competition. And so you wanted Trevor Lawrence to show and prove not only to the coaches but to his teammates that he was worthy of being QB1 in week one. I think he certainly had done that. But now I think it's about getting on the business of getting him ready to play. And getting him ready to play is making sure he gets the overwhelming majority of the reps in practice, He is seen as the leader in the huddle. He begins to take charge in the meeting room and all those things because he's the undisputed number one quarterback. And so this begins that process. And I think it was very important for Urban Meyer to name Trevor Lawrence the starter today so they can start kind of building as they look forward to week one. I also think it made sense, JP. You know, I know preseason has changed, but week three still has a dress rehearsal feel. 
you play them. I'm sort of assuming that the starters will play through halftime. I don't know that for sure, but it, it felt like they're going to play the starters extensively. Um, it, it was going to be him. Yeah, it was going to be him all along. I, I mean, you know, there was really, unless things had gone very, very poorly, JV, which they weren't going to. So it, he's the guy now. And I think people should also step back and breathe a little bit on this one. He got, he has played eight preseason drives. He got the exact amount, had they named him the starter in July, I think he would have gotten about eight preseason drives. So the game work was all the same. Um, I, from watching practice, I just never got the idea that he was missing out on this tremendous opportunity in the first few weeks to develop cohesion with these guys. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just felt like he was going through what it, it would have been had they were just trying to get the backup quarterback reps. I think the interesting thing now is Urban clearly left it open. That backup competition role, I mean, now that backup quarterback role, I think it's a real thing. I'm not, you know, I think C.J. Beathard or Minshew, I think that's a real thing. Oh, uh, it, it should be a real thing, John. Like, based on the way that C.J. Beathard has played, I think we could sit here and say that C.J. Beathard right now has outplayed Gardner Minshew as a backup quarterback. And I'm curious because when C.J. Beathard goes in there, I know he's playing against the backups and the backups and that, but, look, he's playing with backups too, and the offense moves when he's been in there. You're seeing him drop dime after dime, make plays, kind of give the spark to an offense, and we just haven't seen the same kind of execution and efficiency from Garner Minshew. I believe this QB2 battle is real, and if Garner Minshew doesn't turn around with a spectacular performance against the Cowboys, I think C.J. Bethel would be the number two quarterback heading into the regular season. I agree. Yeah, a lot, to, agree more. a lot to watch there coming up this week in Dallas and the final cut coming next Tuesday as well, down to 53 on this roster. Let's hear from Trevor Lawrence going back to the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. His reaction to the news today, of course, positive. Yeah, it was good, man. We, we talked about our QB room, and, um, man, we, just have a, we have a great group. So I'm, I'm really excited for the opportunity. Uh, it doesn't really change anything, though. Still got the same task in front of us. Got to get a lot better um, individually as a team, as an offense. So just looking forward to going to work this week. You know, it brings some clarity, which is nice going forward, but it really doesn't change much. But, yeah, I'm really excited for the opportunity. Grateful for it. The full press conference available on Jaguars.com. He always says the right things, John, in these scenarios, it feels like. Well, it's not a wrong thing to say when you've been named a starter unless you say, I'm, I'm good. I mean, that would have been the wrong thing. But for the most part, you know, he knew, he gets it, he handles this the right way. I do have a question for the scout if we have Yeah, time. go for it, John. Yeah, ask um, your question. Bucky? Yeah? It's your show, as we know. Um, <laughs> so, how has he played so far? Give me, like, after two games with Trevor. I thought the other night, in, I was really encouraged by the last two series. It felt to me like he was going through some real stuff out there, meaning, you know, having to work through some of the things that he'll have to work through during the season to actually get better. I, I like particularly how he stood in under pressure. I, I was encouraged by the last couple of series, but give me overall what your thoughts are on this kid. You know, I, I think that Trevor Lawrence critiques have been overblown. There have been a lot of people that have tried to make this about Trevor Lawrence versus the other guys, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance and Justin Fields and Mac Jones. But I think anyone who has really watched Trevor Lawrence play in each of these games, 
I thought he's been very, very solid from beginning to end. Against the Saints, what I like about how he performed is he had some adversity early. The offense was sputtering. The offensive line was having a tough time fending off the pressure. I didn't see Trevor Lawrence blink, meaning I didn't see him getting out of, getting the ball out of his hands unnecessarily quick. I never saw him appear flustered or rattled. And I saw a handful of throws that were elite-level throws. And so if he's able to do that under duress without three starters on the offensive line in front of him and no semblance of a running game, he's going to be fine. I think he's on track. I expect him to have a very, very solid year as a young quarterback starting for a team that's in rebuild mode. Trevor Lawrence is fine. I Look, I, I just don't understand why there's so much criticism about his play. It's almost like we've gotten into this and – JP, you're an old baseball guy. Well, not, not old, but you're um, a baseball guy. In the old days, I uh, was a baseball uh, guy, yes. Um, <laughs> it's almost like we've fallen into this. Baseball for years has turned into the home run derby. You know, And if you're yeah. not hitting a home run, you're not on SportsCenter. And if you're not on SportsCenter, you don't exist. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're doing this in the preseason with the quarterbacks. If, if you don't hit the 75-yard bomb and you're, and you're running off for Trevor with his hair flying in the wind like Samson – if you're not doing that, then you're awful. He's trying to develop as an NFL quarterback right now. And I thought NFL quarterback stuff, I completely agree with Bucky. He enunciated better than I did. He did the things you want to see. There was no panic. He was distributing the ball correctly, um, playing behind two-fifths of his offensive line. Just because he's not Aaron, Aaron Judge out there jacking home runs out of the park doesn't mean he's not doing his job. And, and I – I am more confident about Trevor now because I've seen him. I've seen him do the spectacular in practice yep. every day for two, for three weeks. So I know that's there. When it's time for spectacular, he'll be fine. I want to see him function and do quarterback stuff. Be calm. Get rid of the ball at the right time. Yeah, Whew. I'm done. <laughs> okay, John, you're off your soapbox. I'm mad. Now. I'm a little angry, JP. That wasn't. I mean, I've seen you matter. Yeah. I will say there, there are more eyeballs on the Jaguars than ever. Uh, part of it is Trevor Lawrence. The other part is Urban Meyer. Uh, when they go out and they look like uh, a team that was just sputtering and faltering for about a half, you're going to get all the, the, the negative uh, critiques and all of those things. But I think if you look at it objectively, Trevor Lawrence took some sacks, but Trevor Lawrence didn't turn the ball over. He had one or two throws that were questionable in terms of poor judgment. But overall, there are a handful of throws. And when you go through the tape, you see him deliver dime after dime after dime on time and on target. You have to build around those things. I think the bigger thing that has to happen for the Jaguars, the running game has to get going. Because it can't be a situation where when we start week one against the Houston Texans, Trevor Lawrence has 40 pass attempts. 30 or or fewer would be ideal. I would actually say 25 or fewer because it means you're able to run the ball and control it. But the running game has to get on track. To me, that's a bigger concern than the way that Trevor Lawrence is playing. And that, no doubt. Will, that will get us to our next talking point when we return. The running game and one less man in the running back room now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Lexus of Jacksonville and Lexus of Orange Park. Members of the Fields Auto Group. Travis Etienne talks still to come. We'll uh, take a look at the Football Performance Center vote last night as well. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. 
Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates, saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. Visit ViStarCU.org. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. A lot has changed in 60 years, but there's one thing that remains the same. Our commitment to our customers and to our community. There's no place like Jacksonville, and there's no place like Gate. Thank you for allowing us to serve you past, present, and future. Now through August 31st, Jags fans can enjoy two of your favorite roller grill items for just $2 at participating Gate locations. Get them while they're hot. Gate, serving up more. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, presented by the Fields Auto Group on a Wednesday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick, John Osher with NFL Network analyst Bucky Brooks in Los Angeles. We heard Urban earlier discussing Travis Etienne Jr. He played three snaps Monday night and did not return. He played 16 total snaps in the preseason of his rookie year. He is now on injured reserve, and he's done for the year with a Liz Frank injury in his left foot. Uh, that is a, a blow, certainly, for this team, Bucky. And, you know, everybody's talking about, and John and I were talking about it before the show. We'll get into it here. It's not something you just go out and replace right away. They had big plans for Travis Etienne Jr. And it's one of those things where you have big plans for a guy who's an explosive player, a big play threat, and you're not able to use him. And, you know, you spend the bulk of the offseason kind of planning – a loose game plan with number one in mind. And now he's not here. Where do you make up that production? Where do you make up that explosiveness? You know, one of the things that the Jaguars could do is everyone's going to talk about the running backs and how they could fill it there. I think it provides more opportunity for LaVisca Chenault to be a bigger factor in the offense, in the game plan, utilizing his skills because he was able to do a bunch of different things at Colorado that the Jaguars have yet to tap into. And I think it also creates a little bit of an opening for Tavon Austin if he is able to find his way onto the roster. He has some unique versatility things that you can do, maybe putting him in the backfield, maybe using him as a gadget guy. I think we can get some opportunities for some other guys to kind of take some of the load that was going to be designated for Travis Etienne. Well, at the risk of repeating exactly what Bucky just <laughs> said, because I couldn't agree more, and I, uh, Tavon Austin, when, when Urban was asked about him, I – didn't Urban didn't say, hey, he's on the team. Sure made it sound like, yeah, this is going to be an opportunity for Tavon Austin. Uh, Chenault is an interesting fit for this. It's been interesting, JP. All offseason, it felt like ETN and Chenault were sort of coming at the same job in from different directions, meaning Chenault was sort of the big guy wide receiver who could sort of be hybrid running back and wide receiver. ETN was the lightning quick running back who also could sort of 
sort of do both. The interesting thing with Chenault, that position has always been in Urban Meyer's offense, speed and win one-on-one matchups by being able to lightning quick your guy and go all the way. I don't know that that's Chenault particularly. He's not really uh, jitterbug. Yeah, right. That's right. Like that. But can they use him in a way that's still effective in that role? I think they can. And I do think it will provide a lot more opportunity for Chenault to be in that role. It'll look different than it would have with ETN, but you can get some effectiveness. But as we talked about uh, for the show, JP, I don't think you just realistically go out and get Travis ETN level talent. Uh, they drafted him because they thought he was special, really, really special. If they didn't think he was really, really special and above the X's and O's, you shouldn't have drafted him where you drafted him. So I thought Urban's comment about him, a blow to the jaw. Yep. Uh, the final thing in that comment, he said, we're still discussing how to, re- how to address it. Those aren't going to be happy discussions no, because no. I don't think you can find that. Yeah, and, you know, there's all this talk about the, the waiver wire, Bucky, and all that. They do have the first uh, – in the order of the waiver claims the first three weeks of the regular season. But there's a reason why those guys aren't on other teams anyway, right? I mean, there's only a limit to so much talent you'll find there. Yeah, there's only a limit to so much talent you'll find. And also, let's keep in mind, James Robinson had a very productive rookie season. And so it may look a little different offensively than it would have looked with Travis Etienne, meaning it's more of a grinded out attack when James Robinson is spearheading the attack. And when you have he and Carlos Hyde somehow sharing the load, you don't get the explosive plays, but you could get the steady Eddie production in the running game if the offensive line, if they're doing their job. The X factor is who can make up for what Travis Etienne would have provided in the passing game, not just the short passes, coming out of the backfield, but what about the screen game? Because the screen game was going to be a prominent part of what the Jaguars did offensively. And so is that Tavon Austin coming in? Is this a by-committee approach where you utilize LaVisca Chenault, Tavon Austin, maybe even Philip Dorsett in some capacity? A lot to figure out. But the great thing is after this last preseason game, you have an extended period of time to kind of put it together and figure it out. And so heading into week one, the Jaguars still should be able to put a nice plan in place for the first four games of the season to begin to kind of figure out what their offensive identity is and what it will be. All right, plenty ahead. We'll come back with a little defensive talk. We'll try to define what game ready is, according to Urban Meyer. And a little later, a look at the Football Performance Center. It was approved last night by the Jacksonville City Council. Daly's Place coming up. The schedule really about to heat up. September into October. Chris Tomlin, Carrie Joe Bethel Music Tour, September 3rd. Rod Wave, September 9th. Sam Hunt, Trippy Red, later in September. Carlos Santana's coming up. A lot of great shows. Dailiesplace.com. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. 
So, it's happy hour. Let's talk whiskey options. Have you tried Citrus Distillers? Have you tried Citrus Distillers Limited Edition 2021 Barrel-Aged Jaguar Whiskey? Did you know it's only available for a limited time and manufactured in Jacksonville? Yes, Jacksonville. I said local whiskey. Try it on the rocks or in a Jack's Whiskey Sour. Citrus Distillers Jaguars Whiskey is available at local liquor stores, restaurants, and the Jaguar Stadium. Drink local, Jacksonville. Find recipes and events at jaguarswhiskey.com. Your family isn't like anyone else's. Your home shouldn't be either. At DreamFinders Homes, you can build the home of your dreams in one of their 30-plus communities in Northeast Florida. Choose from luxury single-family homes or maintenance-free townhomes from the 200s. DreamFinder specializes in homes built to fit your lifestyle. To find out more, call 904-738-0165 or visit DreamFindersHomes.com. I think it's all the position. You know, what our job, the term that I've always used is game ready. Once someone's game ready, they're done. You know, we're, we're a young team right now. You know, Linder to me is a guy that I'm not in, in a panic because I saw what he was like before he got hurt, and he's going to be 100% by game time. Uh, Marvin, I'm getting to the point where he's game ready. <clears throat> and uh, but other than that, it's a young team. No, it's a young team. Miles Jack, by the way, played outstanding. You know, he's getting close to being game ready. That's Urban Meyer today uh, discussing the game on Monday night. Welcome back to Tuttle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Ozier alongside. You know, and, and that kind of piqued my interest today, Bucky, the idea of being game ready. Well, if you uh, stay ready, you don't have to get ready, I suppose. But, um, you know, if he's only calling out, what, four or five guys he actually right. named today, John, in theory that leaves 75 guys that aren't quite game ready yet, Bucky. Yeah, JP, I kind of equate it to the approach that I use when I go play golf, right? When I go play golf, like some guys like to go to the driving range, hit a big old bucket of balls. I just like to hit a handful until I feel like I am in rhythm so I can go to the tee box. What Urban Meyer wants is his team to have enough repetitions um, in the preseason to feel confident about what they're doing when they get into the regular season. And for guys, it happens at different stages. For your veterans, it doesn't take a long time. It may take you know, like four or five drives, maybe 20 or 30 plays for them to feel like, okay, coach, I'm ready from a conditioning and a focus standpoint. I'm ready to go. For the younger guys, the game still may be happening at lightning speed. So they feel like they're on the freeway. Everything is going. Everything is fast. You want to get them to the point where it slows down a little bit because JP and John, there are four speeds that happen in the National Football League. There's preseason speed. There's regular season speed. There's playoff speed, and then when you get to the Super Bowl, it's a completely different game. You're trying to get guys ready in terms of understanding, okay, this is the urgency that is needed to play at the regular season level, and he's almost got that with the young team. He just wants to make sure they feel great about it when they walk on the field after the end of game three. Well, we've discussed it many times, JP. Urban has been fascinatingly transparent when discussing this team. Uh, first of all, the way he said it at first – when you know he said, "When you're game ready, you're done." I kind of worried about it because it sounded like done with career or life, and you didn't <laughs> want that. Uh, <laughs> but he was very um, when he said and only mentioned four or five guys. Uh, 
I think if you tie that in to how he discussed the team elsewhere in that press conference and after the game, uh, I think he's being pretty honest that he looks at this team and sees Linder, Jack, Marvin Jones, uh, a couple other guys, uh, maybe Damian Wilson. Those guys are ready. I think when he looks at the offensive line, I, outside of Linder, the guys who played the other night with 1.8 yards of carry, I don't think he thinks that's game ready. Yeah. I think I think any rookie, I, I mean, Bucky's played, I haven't. I've seen almost no rookies who in, in their first preseason or even halfway through the regular season are what a coach would consider game ready in terms of, hey, they don't need any more. They won't play those guys the whole game because you don't. But, I, you know, I think he looks at it and sees plays not getting made. Uh, and, yeah, I don't think he thinks they're game ready. I, I frankly don't know with this roster if the entire season you're going to see the entire team game ready because it looks like they got a long way to go. But I think that's what he was saying. There were only a couple you know, John, of yeah, fuck. Yeah, John and JP, I, I think it's interesting when you talk about game ready. I think he's also tipping his hand in terms of how much the guys are going to play in week three. I expect the guys listening to him, they're going to play a half because it's important for him to feel like this team feels ready to not only play, but ready to win. And so I think he's going to give them enough reps where when he looks at that final drive, he's like, okay, they've had enough success to have a little momentum going into the regular season. And depending upon how long it takes him to see that rhythm, they're going to play. It may happen in the first quarter. It may happen at halftime. But he is going to give them an opportunity to kind of work up a lather and get into a rhythm that he feels like they can build upon going into the game against the Texans. Bucky, if you, I know you have. If you talk to offensive linemen, most of them will tell you they don't really feel game ready and, and, and as if they're at their highest peak until the regular season starts, in terms of, especially in terms of run blocking. Because you're, you're only in there for a few reps, and it takes so much continuity. And um, I guess what I'm getting at, you followed this team last year. You watched it very closely. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a decent run-blocking offensive line last year. Uh, all the guys are back. How much confidence do you have, Bucky, when these guys, all five of them are playing, that this is at least an adequate run blocking line, that it's not a 1.8, a carry run blocking line. Oh, I'm confident that they're a, a pretty adequate line, but here's what I think everyone has to understand about the changing dynamics of training camp. Uh, the, the Jaguars have maybe only had anywhere from eight to 10 padded practices. The only way you become a really solid and connected offensive line, you got to put the pads on, you have to have reps. And they haven't had enough reps together to play at a high level. And when you think about three offensive linemen being out of the game on Monday night's contest, they haven't played. You have to get them enough reps to play so they can kind of get on that mental telepathy where they know what everyone is doing without communicating. They have to play more. And that is why you might not see this offensive line kind of hit their stride until week three, week four, when they've had enough reps on reps on reps, not only practice, but live game speed reps that allow them to get that chemistry and continuity that they must have. All right, guys, let's come back in a moment. A little defensive talk. We'll break down the early part of the game defensively. The Football Performance Center approved last night by City Council and a social media question. It's all ahead. And it's, uh, hey, remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars Podcast Network. It's on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Where do you get yours, John? Uh, wherever you do, JV. Whatever you iTunes. tell me to do. Okay. iTunes. 
Then I Oh, you're free in. to get them wherever you want to get them. Though. Well, Sherry sets it up for me. Okay. Well, you may not know <laughs> that. <laughs> just whatever. It just shows up on your phone. Give us a five-star rating and a comment. This is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. Everyone's so busy keeping up. Forget about the Joneses. We all on our telephones with the texts and the tweets and the beats. What he said, she said, can't even follow the thread. Down the hole, we all go. Me, I like keeping up too with my corona and my attitude. That's La Vida Masfina. Relax responsibly. Corona Extra Beer. Imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's frustrating, but also we just got to stick together and keep playing. Um, we're going to figure it out, and I, I'm really confident in that. So we got a bunch of guys that are that are putting the work in, and we're going to do everything it takes to, to get on the right track. So, you know, I'm confident in that. I'm, I'm not worried. Obviously, you'd like to score more points than we have, for sure. But um, all stuff that we can build on, and we know what we need to get better at. So it's just a matter of, of doing it and going out there and practicing it. Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars quarterback today, and welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier alongside. And uh, yeah, th that's obvious. Uh, they haven't really been in the end zone at all. The first team offense, they haven't at all. It'll be a focus, I think, this week. But uh, hey, no, no, no. Hey, they, you know, and actually, Urban today was like, you know what? We need to score some damn points, Bucky. Mm -hmm. um, so he, he <laughs> feels the heat. He said that exactly. That was the exact quote today. Uh, we, let's touch on the defense now. We kind of left them out of this show with all the offensive news today, with Trevor Lawrence being named the starter. They allowed two touchdowns early. Jameis Winston with a couple of balls uh, deep into the end zone and uh, one in the front left corner with a nice catch and then another in the middle in double coverage with a nice catch. And those balls are right there on the, on the money from uh, Winston. Uh, but it, it seemed like an instance again, and, and Urban said this after the game, Bucky, that they just didn't play the ball. The coverage was there, but they just couldn't make a play when it was up in the air over top of them. Yeah, and that's that's something that can continue to be worked on. I will say this, and I'll start with the good before we talk about the bad. I like the fact that the Jaguars were in perfect position. I felt like on those big balls, the guys in the right spot. Uh, the first pass down the sideline, check. Griffin kind of tipped his hand. But on this one, this was a great play by the Jaguars because what happened were two things. There was a deep crossing route with a post behind it. They exchanged the route perfectly. Tyson Campbell gets to the exact spot where he's supposed to be. He just can't make a play on the ball. That's th Those are things that happen in time. 
So now it's about continuing to put it on the practice field, continue to be there. Shaq Griffin, I mean, he's in a good spot right there. It's just about winning those 50-50 balls. I think, if anything, you didn't see guys running free. There weren't guys running clean on the screen. So everyone is in the right spot. Now it's about players making plays. And eventually, if you stockpile your secondary with enough playmakers, those plays will eventually be made. Some of that, too. Uh, you know, I've always been of the belief, maybe I go overboard on it at times. Half a pass defense for the secondary is how you're pass rushing. Um, mm-hmm. at, at some point, you've got to get more pressure so that the quarterback doesn't have time to stand with two feet on the ground and put the ball absolutely yeah, perfectly. Right. Most cornerbacks in the NFL, Peyton Manning, you know, he used to cover the Colts. I heard about uh, that. Peyton Manning was famous for saying there's no defense for the perfect pass. Well, and a lot of people say that. Well, it's true. So at some point, your pass rush has to get it to where it's not an absolutely perfect pass. Those guys are defending back there. Uh, so get Josh Allen back. I, I have a question for the scout. Go ahead. But, um, uh, yeah. how, I think I asked you this week, and I may ask you for a few weeks, uh, how real is the run defense? Uh, it looks good. I know they're stacking it a little bit. And mm-hmm. do you think they're just – one of the reasons they're maybe overplaying the run a little bit is because they want to feel good about that going into the regular season. They need that to be a calling card. Yeah, they do need the run again to be a calling card. I think if you ask any defensive coordinator around the league, even though this league has morphed into a pass-centric league, number one priority is to stop the run. Because if you allow teams to run the football, now they can be balanced. Now they can hit you in a variety of ways from an offensive planning standpoint. Well, if you stop the run, now you just have to defend the pass. And you can allow people to throw the ball all over the yard from 20 to 20 and stiffen up in the red zone and still play good defense. The Jaguars made a concerted effort this offseason to make sure that they took care of stopping the run. You see that in preseason, the guys are flying to the ball at the point of attack. Now it's about maintaining that standard of performance against the run game and improving a little bit against the pass. But right now, I don't think we should be discouraged at all by the defense. I think the defense has been fighting. I am more uh, disappointed in the production of the offense, particularly the number one unit. All right, guys, let's move along now to last night, the Jacksonville City Council and number 104 on the docket last night voted to approve the city's half of the Football Performance Center, $60 million from the city. $60 $60 million will come from the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was approved last night in a 17 to nothing vote. That's a route, JP. It is. and But it's a lot of work that went, went into it behind the scenes over the months that have just passed to get in that position. And it is going to be reality now. The, uh, the bids, I think, everything to start the uh, construction process, finding the construction partners will start as early as today. And then construction slated to begin Whenever the Jaguars' season is done and they're done using the practice fields, they'll start building around the current location. Uh, it'll be the team facility, an indoor practice field, and a couple of outdoor practice fields, public seating, uh, public restrooms, concession stands, everything for training camp or other activities that happen in the practice field. And this is really, as Mark Lamping said last night, guys, it's the beginning. You might look back at this in 15 years as the point where things really started to to change or not to solidify for good the Jaguars in downtown Jacksonville and the city of Jacksonville as a whole, John. This this felt like a big moment because it's the start of the stadium of the future. 
This would get the team out of the stadium. Then he can start renovating the stadium and, and move on from there. Yeah, I think in whatever the number is, when all the other things get approved, and we don't have no time to discuss what all those other things are, when you look at it from above in 20 years, you'll see this is the first part that kind of fits with what everything looks like. Mm-hmm. It's going to look a lot different here at some point, and this will feel like those things. And it's it, it's critically important uh, for the image of the team, for how players perceive it, for how people perceive it. It looks like it's going to be really, really cool, and I hope that my code works for you. Yeah, no doubt. Bucky, it's important to have that kind of space. I mean, this this team has been uh, in this stadium since day one, and other places around the league have much more space to just operate and work on a daily basis. That's a big deal when you're near the bottom of the league in that regard. Yeah, it absolutely is a big deal. Culture precedes results. Uh, Champions have to act like champions before they become champions. And the only way that the Jaguars can be Uh, a first-class team, a first-class organization, is you have to put things in place that allow you to look like a first-class organization, not only from an inside standpoint, meaning that your employees in the building, your coaches and everybody feels like they have everything they need to be successful, but others can look at the Jaguars franchise and look at the things that are going on and look at the facilities and the things that are there, the sports performance facilities say, oh, man, this is a first-class premier organization. I have to be a part of that. And so, um, as Coach Myers talked about, it is about the players. When you give the players the best, demand the best from them in return, this goes a long way to being able to feel that promise where he can stand in front of the team and tell the players, you have the best of everything, now we need to go and be the best. Give me the best effort. Give me the best that you have because that is what the standard is here. So we're looking forward to seeing uh, that process uh, go along here in the fall. And then once the season is over, the uh, construction can begin. Uh, one roster move today it just happened, by the way. The uh, Jaguars have claimed Badara Treor, an offensive lineman from Chicago. And they've waived offensive lineman Garrett McGinn. That just happened moments ago. So some changes. The, uh, the first uh, claim of the uh, or first order in the claiming order in the NFL right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bucky, we will talk to you. I know you're ready for this one. These two teams are pretty close to you these days. The Jaguars and the Cowboys coming up Sunday. Yeah, no, this would be a good one. I mean, obviously, you talk about two teams. You talk about a model franchise and the Dallas Cowboys. Everyone has seen what they've been doing on hard knocks. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars trying to build a little momentum going into the regular season. This should be a good one. I would expect the Jaguars to not only – bring the energy, but I think they probably will prepare and game plan a little bit, see if they can get some points on the board. Is that cowboy blue Bucks got on today? I don't know. It looks like oh, no, is no, that no, a no, cowboy's no, no. polo? <laughs> Look, legend. I'm a legend. A legend. A legend. I'm a legend forgive me. Of course. I forgot Remember, for a moment it's his show. that I worked with a legend. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're back on track. We can move on. I love it. Uh, well done today, guys. Bucky will talk to you a little bit later down the line. Hey, man, let's do it. Bucky Brooks out of here. John Osier out of here as well. Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, Trent Padilla, our entire crew. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next time. The Jaguars back on the practice field tomorrow. We'll have coverage on Jaguars Happy Hour tomorrow afternoon. Jaguars Drive Time tomorrow morning on the Jaguars Digital Network.